What a blessing. Uh, get my cup filled and then music like that. Uh, everybody just practice here a second, all right? Uh, you can lift your hand and not be charismatic, okay? All right, praise the Lord. Uh, so wonderful. Ephesians chapter uh, number 3 uh, and verse number 20 and 21. This is the message I was going to preach this morning. And God said no. And this morning about uh, 7 o'clock... He gave me a whole nother way to run with the message, and so, uh, so I preached a different message than what I was planning on preaching. Uh, so uh, tonight, uh, we're going to look at uh, the thoughts that he had given me uh, earlier here. Ephesians chapter 3, familiar, and this year you're going to hear this, this verse often, because the church needs to be glorifying God church has got to glorify God. If the church is glorifying God, that means the people are glorifying God. And if the, if the people are not, then the church is not. It is, it is an individual uh, response to who God is in our life. And then when we gather, it just gets good. I mean, it just gets better. Uh, and so praise the Lord for that. Ephesians 3 verse 20 Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. We could just stop right there. I mean, just to think about how good God is. Uh, It says, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And tonight I want to speak to you on the subject, knowing him is glory. Knowing Him is glory. When we think about just glorifying God, like it's something that we have to do, but it's glory just to know Him. There's glory just in having a relationship with God. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power that's here and the truths that you can unlock for us. And I pray tonight that you would help me to be a help to these people that I love and those that are in person, those that are watching online. Uh, Lord, may all of us grow in our faith. Uh, Help us tonight, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. I want you to see, first of all, Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Uh, I want you to see, first of all, number one, God is glory. God is glory. It's not that God is to be glorified, though He is to be glorified. God in Himself is glory. There is glory, God is glorified whether our lips praise Him or not. The heavens declare the glory of God. Uh, God God has, uh, He has uh, given everything that has breath is going to praise the Lord. Uh, And here, uh, that admonition is there, but unto Him, knowing Him uh, and who He is, uh, He, God, He is what is he is able? Uh, he is able, uh, exceedingly able. He is exceedingly abundantly able. 
I mean, there's just so many things there that we could just stop and praise the Lord for, for what he already is, just in his essence of who God is. He is exceedingly abundantly able above all that we ask or think. We have a God who is beyond our imagination. We have a God who is more powerful than we could ever even begin to imagine. For our minds to be able to wrap around the grandeur of God and who He is, we couldn't even begin to get a glimpse of, uh, of really who He is. And uh, He is, and with that, uh, He is glory. Uh, the, uh, uh, someone once said, uh, God's glory is how we describe the sum effect of all his attributes. Now, listen to this here. Uh, he, it's the sum effect of all of his attributes. Grace, truth, goodness, mercy, justice, knowledge, power, eternality, uh, the eternality of God, uh, all that he is. Therefore, the glory of God is intrinsic. You get that? The glory of God is intrinsic. It's a part of who God is. You cannot separate glory from God. Because God is glory. Uh, it is a part of who He is. Uh, the, uh, it, is essential, uh, uh, it is essential to God, uh, to God, the glory to God, as light is to the sun. Uh, you don't make the sky blue. It is blue. You don't make, uh, you don't make uh, water wet, it is wet. And in all these cases, the attributes uh, are intrinsic to the object. And so with God, uh, God's goodness, God's mercy, God's grace, God's love, all of the essence of who God is, it is intrinsic, it is a part of Him. Therefore, glory, the glory of God, is a part of who God is. You can't separate glory from God. Because that is who he is. Now, you separate that and you think about glory and man. The created, it is just the opposite. Man wants to elevate himself. And in, in all of man's grandeur, in all of man's glory, there is no intrinsic glory. You take the wealthiest man and you strip him of his wealth and you strip him of his estate and you strip him of his possessions and you put him on the street with no place to go and you give him clothes that are rags and in a few weeks you could not tell the difference between him and a homeless person. Someone who has nothing and has had nothing. Why? Because there's no glory in man. The essence of who that man is, there's no glory time. Any glory that man has is a obtained or an assigned glory. But God, you can't separate him from his glory. Because God is uh, glory. So the the attributes of God are they're incomprehensible for man. When we in theology, sometimes the the theologians will will say the incomprehensible attributes of God. Well, God is there is nothing in God that is incomprehensible. 
So incomprehensible is not an attribute of God. Incomprehensible is an attribute of man. Uh, because God understands everything. Uh, God is infinite. And when we can catch a glimpse of some of his attributes, but every attribute will go farther and deeper and broader and higher than our minds could even begin to ascertain. We have an amazing God. And he is glory. God is glory. Take your Bibles, go to Exodus chapter 3. I love this passage of Scripture when God and Moses come together and have a conversation. Uh, you know, it is, it's amazing to see the response of Moses. You know, we, we sort of remove ourselves out of some of the uh, situations in the Bible. Uh, and if we put ourselves right there in the middle of that situation we would not measure up to so many that uh, have been uh, uh, immortalized here in, through the Scripture. Uh, but uh, Exodus chapter 3, look at verse number 11. We'll go down through verse 14. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And let, me, let me just stop right there. The Bible says that Moses was the meekest man on the earth. It did not say he was the weakest man on the earth. Humility and weakness are not one and the same. And here Moses, he had an understanding about himself. Who am I? Who am I? You know, we need to be humble. We need to be humble. We need to realize that anything good about us God. Anything good. I mean, we may think, well, I would never. You and I have no idea what depths of sin we could be engaged and involved in. Without Christ, without the indwelling Spirit of God in the heart, we, don't, we are no better than anybody. Without Christ, we, we, are, we are just sinful flesh. But here Moses, he said, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, certainly I will be with thee. Isn't that nice knowing God said, I will be with thee? That's what he told Moses. Uh, how did Moses have the strength to go and stand before Pharaoh? Because God said, I will be with thee. Let me tell you, God doesn't tell us to do anything that, that he's not going to be there with us. Whom he calls, he equips. He gives us the ability. He gives us the strength so we can be obedient to his command. Uh, he wants us uh, to follow him and serve him. He has given Moses a job to do. And, and here as Moses is bringing a, 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 uh, uh, an excuse of why he can't, God is just laying out that he's going to be there with Moses so he can accomplish what God has given him to do. And verse 12 again, and he said, certainly I will be with thee, and that this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. 
And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thou shalt, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. I am. What a response. What would your next thought be? I am what? <laughs> am I on my own there or is somebody else there with me? Okay, uh, everybody was looking at me like I was all by myself there for a second. My, my first thought would have been, I am what? I mean, there isn't a whole lot of clarity there. God here is saying, I am hath sent thee. Uh, the word I am, it is literally the word to be, to become. God is to be, to become whatever we need. Well, come on now. I, he is. And in that I am, he is the self-existent one. God is self-existent. God doesn't need anything to exist. God doesn't need, you and I, we are so dependent on so many things to just be able to survive. And there's a God in heaven, a God in the universe that he doesn't need anything. And he can be, become whatever it is that we need. So I am the self-existing one. I am to be, to become. Uh, he always was. He always uh, will be. And centuries later, what do we have? Millennium later, we find that Jesus Christ, when he comes, he uses that same term. But he starts to fill in some of the blanks. Uh, Jesus said, go to John 6.35. John 6, 35. Jesus here said, and Jesus said unto them, what are those next two words? I am. What are those two words? I am. And so now he is going to start explaining, he is going to start manifesting himself to some of the things that God is. He says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. And child of God, let me tell you something. God is everything that we need. He is. Uh, he, Jesus said, uh, I am the bread of life. John 8, 12, the Bible says, Then spake Jesus again unto, saying, uh, unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. In John 15, 1, he said, I am uh, the true vine. What do we find? We just find that, that God is. And, and in his self-existence, uh, God's independence, he is self-existence. Uh, so uh, we see some of these attributes of who God is. And God is glory. His attributes, they just uh, point to the greatness of our God. Uh, God's uh, independence in his being self-existent. His immutability, he does not change. The immutability of God is so vital in our life. God's promises hang on him not changing. 
Have you ever said something and then changed your mind? God never has. Have you ever said something and didn't say it right and say, that's not what I meant? God never has and God never will. Everything that God said is. And everything that God said will be. God's promises, we can hold on to the promises of God. Why? Because we have a God who changes not. Uh, The immutability of who He is, He does not not change. Time and pressure and circumstances and years and centuries, none of those things change who our God is. As we go through life, we change, don't we? We are always changing, sometimes for good, Sometimes not so good. But we're always in a a flux of change. And here when we look at God, God is immutable. He is always the same. His word, His promises, His, uh, His faithfulness, it is forever because it's His character. It's His essence. Uh, and with that, it just brings glory to God. Uh, he is just glorified. You can't separate glory out of that. He is eternal. He is timeless. He is everlasting. He inhabits eternity. He is outside time. I've made the statement before, Isaiah 57, 15, uh, for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity. I just, I can't get over the grandeur of that little statement right there. He inhabits eternity. God is before the world ever was. God is present tense when the world will be no more. He inhabits eternity. Uh, he can, can uh, exist in all the very, uh, the essence of time. God is not stuck in time. God is not uh, tied up in life and days and moments and uh, years. God is eternal. Uh, His eternality uh, impacts every promise. Because if God would cease, His promises would cease as well. Everything that we hang on to in our faith is tied to a God Who's eternal. A God who is above every thought that we could ever have. He is all-knowing, omniscient. He is omnipotent, all-powerful. The ever-present God. He is omnipresent. He is holy and He is good and He is love and He is light and He is life and He is forgiving. And the attributes of God, they are all showing that God is glory. Praise the Lord. He is glory. God is glory. It's attached to his attributes, his character, his essence. It's who he is. You can't separate glory from God. Number two, number one, God is glory. Number two, to God be glory. To God be glory. That's where we get to have a part in. Everything God is, nobody can change that. And God will be glorified no matter what mankind does. But we have an opportunity to bring glory to Him. I mean, for everything that He is... For everything that he has done, we can be a part of bringing glory to him. Unto him be glory in the church. And let me tell you, not every church glorifies God. 
And we are not exempt. We are not the exception. And if we are going to be a church that glorifies God, it has to be on purpose. It has to be on purpose. We've got to walk guard around it. You know, music is such an important part. Brother Davis, I've, uh, I was bragging on you the other day. Uh, our music, we've got a phenomenal music. I'm so, so thankful for the music that we have. And, and his, his diligence on making sure everything is right. So important. So important. And what a blessing. We have, a, we have an opportunity to have a place where people can come and an environment where God is glorified in the church. We should walk in through these doors and just feel better. We should walk through these doors and just feel like we have the opportunity to say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We, we, that should not be hard to do, child of God. That should not be hard to do. You, when we're out in the world, uh, there is a pressure that is there. But when we are in the house of God, it should not be a problem in the world to lift our hands in praise. There, it ought not be a problem uh, for us to lift our voice up in song, for us to lift up our voice in praise to God. We should be able to praise Him. Unto Him be glory in the church. And that means that we need to be engaged and involved in praising Him and glorifying God. God glory no man can take from him. It's in his nature, but the church should be a place where God is glorified. Unto him be glory in the church. Unto him be glory. Glory should be. We then should be a vessel that should reflect glory. Look at me for a second. So, man was created in the image of God. In the image of God created he them, male and female. Uh, he him, male and female, created he them. God made man in his image. God made us to reflect him in this world. We should be a reflection of God's glory. Amen. We should allow the glory of God, of who God is, to just shine through us. We should allow God's glory uh, to impact like a mirror would impact light. Have you ever taken a light and sort of flashed it in somebody else's eyes? I do every chance I get. If I'm sitting somewhere and I, and I recognize that my watch has caught sun and it's bouncing off a wall, I say, Pastor, what do you do? I'm looking for somebody's eyes. <laughs> I mean, I'll move that light around until I catch it and then people are moving and I'm just acting like nothing's going on and just enjoying the whole thing. Isn't that great? <laughs> that reflection, though, the sun and that light and that reflection can have an impact. The reflection of God in us should glorify God. It should just be that uh, God's impact in us should cause other people to see Christ. 
to see how good God is. Uh, We as images of Him should collectively, corporately, and individually, uh, we should be Christ-like, and we should be holy, and we should be gracious, and we should be merciful, and we should be loving in the breadth and the depth and the uh, the width and the height uh, of that love uh, should be should be evident. Uh, we should be able to know and to share the love of Christ with this world. We should be caring and kind and forgiving, not in and of ourselves, but through the power that worketh in us, through Christ, through the Holy Spirit of God. We have an opportunity to be able to use to glorify God. So, being filled with all the fullness of God. Unto Him be glory in the church, in that assembly, in the body of believers. God's glory should be evident. It should be manifested. It should be revealed. Uh, We need to be glorifying. We need to be a vessel of praise and honor glorifying God. Billy Graham told the story of a, a preacher uh, his name was Billy Bray, and uh, he was a, he was a minister, and uh, and uh, uh, he was sitting by the bedside of a man who was was dying, uh, and uh, this man had had been timid, had not been a witness for Christ, and now on his deathbed, he said, "If I had strength, I'd praise the Lord." Billy Bray looked back at him and said, too bad when you had strength, you didn't praise the Lord. There's coming a time when we will wish we had. Don't think that you'll do it tomorrow if you don't do it today. Well, I just need to grow a little bit more. No, you just need to be obedient. Praising the Lord is just obedience. We we need to allow God to work through us. Say, well, that's just not my personality. It's not who I am. It's not who anybody is. Do you remember the first time you witnessed to somebody? Do you? I remember the first time I opened up the scripture and witnessed to somebody. I I got saved at 14. I was probably about 15, 15 and a half. I was working on a bus route and I had already gone through, learned how to, I learned the scriptures, knew the Romans road. I had my New Testament. It was a little small, like a Gideon's New Testament. And I had the little New Testament. I had written down the verses from one to the next I had, and we were out, and they left me by myself on this bus route. And here there was a a little boy riding a bike, and he couldn't have been nine or ten. And the Holy Spirit was saying, witness to him, witness to him, witness to him. You you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And so I just let him go, like we all do. No, 
No, I didn't. And so I stopped this little boy and I started talking to him and I opened up the scriptures and I, I started going through and I, I stuttered, I stammered, I worked my way through that whole thing and I, was, I probably quoted or I probably took him to the wrong verses. I probably took him to Mark, uh, Mark 3.10 instead of Romans 3.10. Uh, I don't know what I did, but I went through the plan of salvation and this little boy just listened. When I got to a spot where I asked him if he'd like to pray and asked Christ to save him. He said yes, and he bowed his head, and he prayed, and he got saved. My hands, I mean, here I was, 15, 15 and a half. I had been in, I don't know how many fights. I had been in so many fights, people way bigger than me. And here I was, I was sweating. I was nervous. I was scared just to be able to share the gospel. You know, everybody has to fight through that. And I wish I could say that that was the last time. But even as time goes on, there are situations where God wants us to witness and the Holy Spirit of God puts it on our heart. And we may have witnessed many times, but all of a sudden there's a spirit of fear that comes timidity, and all of a sudden we're embarrassed, we're fearful, unsure of how they're going to respond. You know, we need to allow God to work in our life. C.S. Lewis said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our consciousness, and shouts to us in our pain. You know, when we think about how God works when we hear him the most, oftentimes it is in a, a time of trouble. You know, in those times of trouble, we have an ability to see God's goodness, God's working. He, he just reveals himself to us in a special way. Someone wrote, this poem. I looked upon a farm one day that once I used to own. The barn had fallen to the ground. The fields were overgrown. The house in which my child, children grew, where we had lived for years, I turned to see it broken down and brushed aside the tears. I looked upon my soul one day to find it too had grown. With thorns and nettles everywhere, the seeds neglect had sown. The years had passed while I had cared for things of lesser worth. The things of heaven I let go while minding things of earth. To Christ I turned with bitter tears and cried, O Lord, forgive. I have not much time left for thee, not many years to live. The wasted years forever gone, the days I can't recall. If I could live those days again, I'd make him Lord of all. You know, God deserves glory. And let's give him glory all the days of our life. I can't change yesterday. I can't change what I have not done or have not been. But I can deal with where I am now. I can look at where I am right now and to God be 
glory. Let's, you say, Pastor, it's just, I, I've just not really lived in such a way that I'm glorifying God or I haven't pushed myself to praise the Lord like He deserves to praise. Then to God be glory. Let's do it. Let's take those steps. Let's be what we need to be so we can bring glory to God. Uh, to Him be glory. And God has been so good to us. Let's glorify Him for all He's done. Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the blessings of your person, your essence, the manifestation of yourself to mankind for allowing us to be in a place uh, to hear the goodness of God, to hear the gospel, uh, to be in a place where we could even assemble in a church like this. God, you've been so good to us. Help us not to pass that by. Help us to glorify you. Help us to praise you with our lips. Help us to praise you with our lives. So work now in this time for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together. The instruments will play. Lord spoke to your heart.